It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., you don't even need a passport. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Go to visitusvi.com to plan your next vacation. Visit usvi.com. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas in May. I cannot wait. USVI and naturally in rhythm. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Way up. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. Jasmine Brand is here with me. And we have Bishop Lamar Whitehead in the house. Hey, what's up, sis? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. I see the, um, the quote, bling, bling, Bishop. You have your uh, Gucci <laughs> on, Fendi. <laughs> yeah, now it makes sense. The name makes head to the... <laughs> but let's start with where we are today, and then I want to backtrack to, because I've met Bishop Lamar Whitehead some years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did get a proclamation from you and your yeah. church. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. And also, we did a peace walk during the pandemic with uh, our now mayor, Eric Adams. He was the Brooklyn Borough president at the time, and Fabio Foran. Um, so you've been active in the community, but you've also been in the news a lot. Yeah. So I want to have a real honest conversation today, but also maybe clear up some misconceptions and give you a chance to say your piece because you were just in the news. It says here, headline, New York City Bishop Lamar Whitehead faked bank records to finance his New Jersey mansion. So this is something that's happening in real time right now. According to these reports, it was a company and it said that you had a certain amount of $2 million, whatever, in these accounts, but it was really $10. That's a contrast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, I can't really talk on, speak on um, things uh, uh, um, about the indictment. Um, however, first, let me just say thank you for ha- having me today. Um, you're the first interview that I've taken Um after the arrest, I've declined so many interviews uh, because the media becomes untrustworthy and they have no regards for not only myself, but my family, and mm-hmm. my church. And, you know, I have a wife, I have children. And um, this is the only reason why I took uh, had taken this interview because of who you are. Right. And you have three children, right? Four. Four. Yeah, okay. yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is. And I want to um, speak clearly about this. This is a um, an attack on a a black man, right? And this is more uh, a political attack. Uh, the world knows that myself and the now mayor Eric Adams are very close. He's my mentor. 
Um, we haven't uh, been that close uh, within the last year or so because of this mask attack um, on my life. And um, you guys are going to see um, as things progress that I'm collateral damage. Um, I'm a young black pastor that come from a broken home. My father was beaten, strangled to death by 16 police officers because of the uh, color of his skin. My mom raised me. Um, I was sent away to prison back in 2008 illegally, fake search warrants and all different type of things that, you know, we black men uh, have to go through. It's just the real, the real, uh, 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 just real life. Uh, we talk about how the police kill black men, but we don't talk about how court documents and court paperwork and prosecution kill black men. And they not only destroy us financially, but they kill our credibility. And this is what you're seeing happen to me, happening to me right now. And I know as we go further in this uh, interview, you'll be able to ask me questions that um <clears throat> I'm a little upset I'm sorry it's okay. but um you've been going through a lot yeah, in the press yeah, so yeah, I do yeah, want to yeah. give you the opportunity yeah, to yeah. have this platform and to be honest and transparent because okay so let's start at the beginning you say your father was murdered by the police right and you were raised by your mom yep and I saw that story also uh, there's an article in the New Yorker that details a lot of different things about you and even in that situation, right? You didn't grow up knowing your father. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know my father. I was my, my I was six weeks old when uh, my my father was beat to death, and you know I did the research, Angela, because I'm a I'm a, a word studier, and um, I'm a researcher, and I did the research. I said, well, you know, if my dad died, right? I said, um, well, let me see. If, at least if he was on Earth when Father's Day was here. Did I have the opportunity to at least see him on Father's Day? And he died January, June 14th, 1978. Um, and Father's Day was June 18th, 1978, mm. you know? And, um, you know, I, I was even slandered with that where, you know, now I've became not a human being, but I've became content. So the YouTubers and the bloggers, they have even reached out to some siblings on that side of my my family. And for them to get clickbait, they want to call me a fake. They want to, you know, so from every aspect of my life, mm -hmm. every area I've been attacked from my father, from me being a bishop, from me being an apostle, from me having my church, everything that can I can be attacked by, I'm being attacked. Like there's nothing else. I'm talking about... Eve, okay. everything you so name. growing up without a father is not easy obviously mm. you grew up in brooklyn yes okay mm. and so you did get into some trouble you did get sentenced to 10 years and went to prison for five years mm. and that was for uh stolen identities right yes. can you detail what happened in that situation yeah so um i was um i was arrested by one of if not the most racist counties in the world suffolk county mm -hmm. and um you know, um, I did uh, almost six years in prison. Um, I came home on a reversal. Uh, however, uh, me and my attorneys during the appeals, we found so much information where, 
the district attorney hid evidence from us. Um, there were uh, fabricated uh, search warrants. Um, it's so many things that happened in that case that um, that allowed me to be convicted because I went to trial. Mm -hmm. However, the question becomes, okay, I was found guilty of some of the counts. But the question becomes if the district attorney has hid uh, information from my attorneys, which would be um, exculpatory evidence, which I could be vindicated, and they hid that information, am I still guilty? But the world and the media, they stick to the guilty. And it's a process to unravel that. There is a whole legal process that I'm going through with that. I will say, but okay, so... When you were on trial, right, You before you went to, to trial, you were ordained. Yes. What made you yeah. decide to do that? God. That mm -hmm. was that was just all God. I was in the ministry. My mom always brought me to church. But um, I would say, however, um, maybe a year prior to that, uh, that was in 2006, um, I was just really into church really hard, um, really, really stern. I was into real estate, had my own firm. I bought into a mortgage Um uh, industry um, or franchise rather and you know it was just phenomenal you know so the, the uh, my spirituality the, the Christianity balanced me and um, I became a minister uh, in 2007 and I just kept pushing from there and I want to ask you this because um, you know I have a, a really good friend who did she ended up going to prison uh, and she said it took her some time to take accountability for that she had done something that was wrong mm. and to just be like okay you know what i'm in here and i did she was it, it was drug charges for her right so for you accountability wise oh i'm very big on accountability mm -hmm. uh my accountability doesn't have to be public right my accountability is with god um and we're coming up to one of the most holiest um uh months of the of the of the of the year or the holiest um uh days of the year resurrection um resurrection sunday is coming and um you know my christ died for the remission of my sins right and i've done a lot of wrong in my life if i didn't i would be jesus <laughs> so my accountability is between me and god and if I offended someone or if I hurt someone, then, yes, I'm going to beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. Right. But just because the media has painted me to be not a victim, but a villain, I don't have to be held accountable to being a villain if I'm not. Jasmine, you had a question? Do you think that the public's perception, and you may not care, would be different if you were accountable publicly? Like if you said, hey, you know, I will say that I, you know, I'm guilty or you know, doing this or I was wrong. Do you think their perception, the public's perception and the media's perception would be different if you took public accountability? Well, I'm never going to take public accountability to a lie. Right. No, no, You're I'm right. saying for yeah. things that you have done. Not of, the, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Of course. Because back then when you went, you did go to jail, but the the charges, I guess, were identity theft yeah. and stealing people's, you know, to get cars or whatever. Well, to, to 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 so that you understand what that was, right? And there's a lot of things that you guys don't know, but mm -hmm. um, I don't. I think one thing that they they said was actually um, removed uh, or, or taken, but every nothing to my knowledge was taken from me. 
as far as me. Everything was attempt. Okay. Everything so. was attempt. See, you guys don't really understand the legalities of of what actually happened. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 therefore, when you dig deeper, you know, we have all these social media lawyers and everybody mm-hmm. clickbait. They want to make it seem like they're correct, but they're not. I have the paperwork. I, mm-hmm. I know what it is, and they were all attempts. Those, if they would have gave my attorneys over the correct information, th- the indictment would have got thrown out. So Literally. you're saying you're not guilty of any of those charges that they accused you of? Of you course say, I'm... You're saying it was attempted, that you didn't actually get these? So, like I said, we, we'll be here in a legal... Uh, I will have to really explain to it, but the charges that they charged me was was illegal, period. Okay. They, 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 so we'll be here all day. All right, so moving on from that, what was your time like while you were in, in prison for five years? And were you ministering while you were there? Um... I, I'm I'm so prison is different, y'all. <laughs> prison is really, really, really different. And when I say uh, when you say ministered, um, I gave godly words to certain individuals. Yeah. I wasn't preaching in the church. Um, you know, I gave godly opinion to certain individuals because you have to understand that there's a lot, man. You know, you got you got uh, uh, murderers, you got robbers, you got rape rapists, rapists. Or rapos, we call we call them rapos. Um, child molesters, we call them tree jumpers. Mm-hmm. You know, and in prison, you have to understand every demonic spirit in the world is in one place, right? So you have to be very cautious and very careful who you open yourself up to. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, prison is no joke. Right. And I beat people up. I had to beat people up. I was. So you were you were fighting in prison. Yes, I was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and and that's what and and that's why that's where I think the disconnect is between the media accepting me as a bishop, right? I'm from Brooklyn. I fought. I'm a fighter, right? I'm not a person that has never been a floor mat, right? Um, and when I was in prison, I fought. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I was, my, my, my bench press was 425 and I was 190, right? I was strong. So you could fight. Right? Yes. Did I, you, you ever know, lose? Did you ever lose a no, fight? No, no. Uh, the, the only thing, one thing that happened to me, right? It's funny. Um, this guy uh, had a, had an issue with me, and he snuck up behind. He stole something from out of the security and hit me in the back of the head with a pipe. Right? We fought, but right. I was my blood was all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that that's prison. Right? That's prison, though. So you know, but anything head up, I did I did what I had to do. What you know. The, what was the hardest part of being away or doing all that time? <sighs> Um, missing my family. Right. I'm I'm a family person. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I love you know. I'm a family oriented person, and you know to not be able because I only have one child during there. I only have my son, mm-hmm. so to not be able to be a father. See, we were created men. We were created to be fathers, right? To till the land. That's what the Bible says. To protect your family, right? So I wasn't able to be a protector. Mm-hmm. So what I was made to do, I wasn't able to do. You know, and that was the biggest thing for me, right? Being in prison where nothing's going on. Right. And you have to understand prison is a whole nother world. If you try to live in prison by thinking about what's out in the world, you will die. Mm. Right. You have to you have to reconfigure your mind. Right. And that's why a lot of people that come out of prison has either mental issues Psych issues because prison is an abnormality. And prison 
tries to make your ab- abnormality normal. Mm-hmm. So then when you come out to normality, right, You're it becomes abnormal, yeah. right? So, you know, when people see me on on uh, either social media and I sh- and I come right back at it, they're like, ha, you're not no bishop. No, I'm a human being, right? Like that punk D.L. Hughley, right? He's a stone cold punk, right? And he used the platform of my church being robbed to sit here and push his numbers up and, de- and demonize me. But now when they caught the people or two out of the three people that, 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 that robbed, uh, robbed uh, my church, right? He's gone. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second for people who don't know, because that went viral, yeah, right? Did it. <laughs> and that had to be a horrifying day because not only did you get robbed in church, life was in danger, your wife as well, mm-hmm. and all everybody that was in that church, right? But then afterward, it became a joke for people. Yep. Okay, and people didn't believe it. They thought it was an insurance uh, fraud scheme. So talk to me about that day and what was going on in your mind when that happened. It, it it was it was if not i think it it is the most treacherous thing to ever happen to me in my life right and you know to be preaching and to see men come into my church with hoods cuz i can see them before anybody can see them cuz mm-hmm. i'm Cause pointing, facing i'm facing right? that way and i see them and when i see see like i'm brooklyn right and when i seen them with the hoods my my everything in me became upset and i just said nah i said nah i said they got me and i was mad i was i was mad however i still had to be a leader and i knew if i jumped my church was going to jump i knew it mm-hmm. so i'm thinking within split seconds what to do and that's when y'all see me just say, okay, okay, okay. And my church don't know what I'm talking about. Right, because right. they can't see. Because they can't see. But they, they're going to follow me. And when I say, okay, 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 I'm pretty much telling my church, like, yo, follow my lead. Follow my lead. And I say, all right, okay, 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 okay. Like, I'm getting down. I'm getting down. Right? And that's when you guys see me get down. And then when my church turn around, it's like a wave. They all fell because these dudes came in with guns and I'm looking and I'm 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 I've never been robbed in my life. Well, okay. let me let me let me let me second that. When I was in 8th grade, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, excuse okay. me. 6th grade. When okay. I was in 6th grade, this 8th grader robbed me. I was in the back of the staircase going down to my class and I had a bunch of change in my pocket. So I'm running down and my change jiggling 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 and this 8th grader took me in the corner bigger than me and punched me in my face. And took my change. Something you'll never forget. Right. What? It's Angela Yee. And my friends from the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI holds a special place in my heart. USVI is truly a magical place and a one-of-a-kind travel destination. From USVI's amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and breathtaking beaches, USVI has everything you could ever want in a vacation. Did you know you don't need a passport to travel to the USVI when traveling from within the U.S.? That's right. It is so easy. No passport is needed when traveling from the U.S. Be sure to add the U.S. Virgin Islands to your list of places to vacation this year. 
USVI is one of those must-see places. Visit usvi.com and start planning your next getaway to St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. That's visitusvi.com. I'm headed to USVI for Carnival in St. Thomas in May, and I cannot wait. I hope to see you there. USVI, naturally in rhythm. What's up? It's Angela Yee. And if you know me, you know I have several businesses. Well, one of them had closed down for a little while, but we just reopened it. And that is my juice bar. It's called Nourish Spot BK. And as soon as we reopened, we were really on the clock to find people who can make juices, sandwiches, acai bowls. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Maybe you see the perfect candidate. Well, ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. You can invite your top choices to apply and you can even encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. One of the most important things is having our voices represent us. And that's why black representation in media means so much to me and also to the black community. When things happen with current events and entertainment and politics, it is so important that we are speaking for ourselves and not have other people place a narrative on us and who we are and to tell those stories from our point of view. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. Ain't it like it just yeah. happened yesterday. <laughs> what? But back to back to the, the current one. What is there in, like what lesson did you learn? Outside of that entire experience of, you know, you being robbed in front of, you know, and the, the backlash and. The, oh, God. What, um, what's the biggest lesson you learned from that whole experience? The biggest lesson is so many lessons, but the biggest lesson that I've learned is. To love my family closer, to be more closer to my family, mm-hmm. because anything could happen yeah. and anything could happen. And for these guys to come into my church and do what they did, they had no morals. And um, um, when I was on the floor and I'm looking up because my wife is in front of me and I see this dude with a gun to my wife's face, right? And he had the gun to her face. And my daughter is in my wife's hand. So 
my my daughter was eight months at the time. So my daughter's sitting to on her right side, and the gun is in my wife's face. So he's he he was very specific on taking what he wanted to take off my wife, and then he wanted my wife earrings. So he switched the gun and put it in my daughter's face. Ooh, see, right? people don't even understand yeah, how traumatizing right. exactly, that is. right? Right. So I'm watching this, and I. <laughs> And knowing you can't do anything because it could have ended up making somebody get killed. I'm watching this, and I know how I'm built. I know I'm not no sucker. I ain't never been no sucker. And I know how I'm built. And for these dudes to violate the church. Now, there's a code in the streets, right? You don't go in no church and violate, and you don't violate no women and kids. And you don't you don't touch no mom mothers. Yeah. So I'm sitting here and I'm just I can't get up now. Yeah. I'm already down. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that there's another guy. They had different positions in the church that people didn't see. Right. The church was positioned and there was guns out. So once I'm down, I'm down. If it's I not get just up, about you, it's it's everybody. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's about everybody now. So after he takes my wife jury. That he comes up to me and he has the gun over my head and he starts to take off, take my jury, all my jury off. And um, I had, you know, he took a few chains off, but then I had one of my huge um, uh, Cubans underneath, right? And um, he started tapping my back, started tapping my back. Cause it was communion Sunday too, mm-hmm. so I had my collar on. So he started tapping my back, and he said, "Where's that? Where's that? Where's that?" Like he knew. So yeah, they knew what they were looking like for. Like he knew, mm-hmm. and then he felt it. He felt it, and then he grabbed the back of my neck and started yanking me. So if you see a vid- the video, you'll see my neck going like this. So he's trying to pop my curly cur- uh, my clergy collar and pop my chain. You know, but you're not popping that chain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're not popping that chain. This, this chain is um, uh, a kilo of gold, and it's over 100 carats. So you're not popping that chain. You're not popping the chain. So he was like, "Take it off, take it off, take it off." Now he got the gun to my head. So I had to. T- I took it off and I gave it to him. And then another one of his guys came and started patting my pockets. And then he they ran. So immediately when they ran, right. I got up and I went right behind them, right? I went right behind them, but I was cautious. I went right behind them and I'm seeing where they are. So now when you go out of my sanctuary, you can see the window. So I see them outside of the window and they they, they like this. They don't know which way to go. So I'm like, all right, cool. In my mind, I'm saying to myself, and I can, can I be honest? I'm saying to myself, I'm going to go jump in my truck and I'm going to run them over. Mm-hmm. That's in my mind. Right. In my mind, you know what I mean. So I go downstairs and I forgot my keys. It's in my bag. So I send my adjective says to get my key, get my key. And I see them run down the block. So I know that I'll be able to catch them. So I jump into my car. I jump into my, my deacons. Jump into the car and I'm driving and they disappeared. So I said, I know they couldn't go that far. I know they. I know you can't go that far. So I turn the corner and I'm looking, looking, looking. I'm like, I know they couldn't come that far. So I'm not worried about them shooting at me. I want to just run them over. Mm-hmm. I want to run them over. You know what I mean? So I'm driving, driving up and down. So I'm in the in, in, in the Cullinan Rolls Royce, driving, looking, 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 looking. So now some of my viewers had all called the police. Anyway, so I'm looking for them. I didn't find them. So 
I come back around, and then I see all the police on the corner of the block. And I said, what's going on? So an eyewitness said that they saw the guys jump in the car and get out the car. They changed the car. So I must have drove by the car. Oh, okay, not knowing. You know what i Not knowing. So I know you want to go into more things. And, the, and there's still one person at large, yeah, right? Still did one you person. know the? Did you know any of them? Do you think no. you recognize them from anywhere? No, I okay. didn't know them. Because no. I feel like the story that two of them got apprehended wasn't as big as right. the fact that people thought it was fake. Right, right. So everybody for two months, Angela, two months destroyed me, killed me mm-hmm. for two months. He set up the robbery. He did this. And I couldn't talk about it because I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't know. And the um, the federal prosecutor and the federal agents was saying, Bishop, please don't say nothing. This is under investigation. We're going through this. We're going through that. We know who they are. This And, and I, I know it's hard for you to not say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know you was like. I'm Yo, <laughs> man. You know, so. Do, let me ask you this, though. Being a bishop, do you forgive them? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, heck yeah. Yes, I forgive them wholeheartedly. You yeah. forgive D.L. Hughley? Um, I forgive him, but I don't forget. D.L. Hughley, let me tell you something. He's a punk, right? And, and, and we why all know you, that. Why do you say that? Because he's a clown. How do you how do you not do the research? How do you not do the research? So he wanted me, he so he 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 wanted me on the show, right? And my team told me, they said, yo, his team said he doesn't like you. I said, no problem. I said, no problem. I said, why don't you, why does he like me? He doesn't know. So I went on his show. I was on the phone. They did me the, uh, the, the, on the phone. And he was like, he was just, 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 just mad and nasty. I said, brother, look, man, if we're going to have a conversation, let's be, let's be respectful. And he was like, no, you deserve to get robbed. You robbing the people. I said, what? All right, well, let's get away from that for a second and let's talk about that. So now there's the parishioner who's saying that you took $90,000 from her. She was trying to get some real estate advice from you. She thought she was investing. And then now she that comes out in the news after this. Right. So now, so now, right, you're going to see that she was never a parishioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was never a member of my church. Once again, the media is going to portray it to be something it's not. She was never a and I'm hoping her pastor would step up. Um, I know. How did, you I know, know she, how did you know her? So her son was a part of my ministry. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Her son was uh, my assistant. Okay. And um, his her son wanted to be involved with real estate because that's what I do. And I helped her son get their first house. Okay. I helped her son, and I you know I helped them with their him and his wife. I married his him and his wife. Okay. They were very close to me. And what this is is. A dysfunctional member, which is her son, mm-hmm. that's upset that I had to remove him out of my ministry. Okay. Right? So he his mother invested into him. He invested into So was he so he invested on behalf of his his it was his mother's yeah, money. His mother listen, from my understanding, uh-huh. right? His mother that was their thing. It ain't right. my thing, right? But what did they give you the money for? To invest in real estate? To invest in real okay. estate, right? However, he and I can't really get into it, but okay. you know, it's like he took a lot of the money because he couldn't afford his lifestyle, which mm-hmm. I was, okay, no problem. But y'all going to see all that come out. Okay. My, my, my thing is Are this. Are there charges in that situation or is that just an accusation? So what they have done is they've changed, because this was a civil matter for, I think, going on two years now. So now they changed it to a criminal matter. And that's that, that's what we said. That's what my attorney saying. Like, how do you change a criminal civil, I mean, a, a civil suit into a criminal matter? Right, it's like whoa, but the media and everybody is going to portray it. Oh, the parishioner, you took the old lady's money. Well, that's I, what she said, though. She oh. said, she didn't she say she was no. a 
she's part of your church? No, where, where did she say that? Okay. I've never... Okay, Okay. now let's move on to the next thing. Then there was a situation, back to the mayor, where you orchestrated for a man who murdered someone to turn himself in. That's where it all started. Okay, talk about that. that. Yeah, that's where it all started, and that's what everybody's missing. Everybody's looking at the robbery. Everybody's looking at this, this federal indictment. But where all of this stuff started, it started uh, in the month of May when I got a phone call from a person that um, follows my ministry, um, and at once I believe they was members. Um, I was close to her, to their family. I, I, I believe I did about uh, two funerals for their family, whatever. So they, 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 they was they, they knew me, mm-hmm. and they called me and said, Bishop, we need your help. Fast forward, I said, what's going on? She said, um, my nephew is wanted by the police. It's national. They're saying that he killed somebody on the train. So I said, all right, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. Let me check this out. So I get on the, um, um, I get on on internet. I see, I said, wow, oh my goodness. So I call her back. I said, look, what's going on? So she said, well, they're kicking in all these doors and I don't want him to die. I said, well, listen, you got to follow my lead. Um, I'll help you, but you got to let me know what's going on. So she said, he's a good kid. I didn't know the young kid, um, but he said, he's a good kid. He's this, he's that. I said, no problem. So I got off the phone and um, I called uh, the mayor and I said, um, Eric, I said, look, this young man who's all over the news, who they're looking for, his family just reached out to me. I said, listen, I need your assistance to uh, be there when I turn this young man in so he don't die. I don't want him to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, he said, all right. He said, um, "He said, all right, Bishop, um, uh, let me know what you need. So then I called some other NYPD top officials, and they were saying, Bishop, we will, if you want us to bring a van, we will bring a van. We will make sure that he doesn't get, you know, they said everybody. So so many different NYPD uh, commands. I'm talking about mm-hmm. so many commands start calling me saying that Bishop got the shooter. Bishop got the shooter. Um, and um, so anyway, I, I told them, I said, look, follow my lead so you'll be able to you'll be all right. Fast forward, this legal aid who he had wanted to get a name. So she convinced them to reroute from me to go to her. Um, and I told him, and I told him, I said, I don't think you should go to her, her office because you're wanted. And I said, if you don't think they're sticking out her office, you're crazy. I said, meet me at the 5th Precinct. Everybody's here already. I'm going to walk to you, and you're going to be able to turn yourself in. I get a text. So I, I pull up in, in front of the 5th Precinct, and I pull up in the Rolls Royce Cullinan. Mm-hmm. And I was already dressed for the day. So I had a Fendi blazer on, a Fendi shoot, suit, Fendi shoes, and some pants. So I get out the car, and media went crazy. And when and so I got a text from the mother, and she said, please meet us over by the lawyer's office. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, y'all switching stuff up. y'all." So I had to leave. I drove around the block like four times to make sure that I wasn't followed because I didn't want this kid. I didn't want them to start shooting. Anyway, I'm waiting for him at his at the at the uh, at his attorney's office. When we get to the attorney's office, when I get to the attorney's office, we're waiting. He pulls up maybe 15 minutes later, and I come outside to meet him because I seen his mother walking first. And I said, "Where's he at?" She said, "He outside." So I'm going through the double doors, and boom, all of the police, guns out, put him on the floor. So I was very upset that that happened. Mm-hmm. We get, I get back to the precinct, and um, now that's when they start saying, "Fail." turning bishop why have failed to turn the guy in 
And that's when the whole story um, changed. Bling, bling, bishop. That's where we, that's where we so get that So you feel from. like you're being targeted because yes. I've seen some of this paperwork. Mm-hmm. All right. So why would the FBI be targeting you? Well, if you read The New Yorker, mm-hmm. right, there's somebody in The New Yorker that um, has came out and... He was recording conversations with you. So now there's a person, Brandon Belmonte, mm-hmm. right, that was all in this article. Mm-hmm. And he said that you were saying that you had an in... City Hall, you could get all kinds of deals done for him. You could get him access, but you were trying to extort him for money. <laughs> so, I was, I was, I was. Now that I understand what's going on, um, I was set up. This guy that you just spoke of is a known con man, and it's so crazy to me. Yes, he's a white white man. He's a white man, and it's crazy to me how the media is protecting him. Nobody's talking about him. Nobody, and. If everybody can Google me, all you got to do is Google him. And you guys are going to see it all come out that I was set up, that this whole story and this whole narrative was set up because you're going to find out that um, there's a whole lot of paperwork going around that he's a whistleblower. And what the streets are telling me now since he did that is, you know, he's a known informant. And I didn't know him. I don't know him. I knew him. I, I met him probably, what? Uh, he, he fixed my wife's car. He asked me to rent one of my... my... So he owns an auto body shop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he owns an auto body shop. And, you know, he, he fixed my wife's car. He overheard me being to real estate. He told me he's in the real estate. And he made me a project. And listen, I just got through running for borough president. What? Mm-hmm. Two years ago. Nobody bothered me. The feds didn't bother me. Nobody bothered me. Now, all of a sudden, this white man set me up and he's setting me up and at the end of the day so with all of these things that's coming out right everybody's saying well the feds conviction rate is 98 percent true however if it's based off of a lie then what why do you think he's setting you up what's his motivation um he has i believe he has other criminal charges okay and he's trying to work it off Gotcha. And if you if you do the research, I've been ever since that article came out, over I think six to eight victims of his, where he stole over two million dollars. I'm talking about these Hasidic Jews from upstate. They just caught me. I can show you, I can show you their um their 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 message. Uh they called me, they texted me and said that he has stolen over six hundred thousand dollars from him cash and he has placed they placed over 16 cars in their names that he was that he was renting and he took the cars and this is what he's doing i got calls from florida he mm-hmm. stole from a um a young caucasian um, man in um florida a hundred and twenty thousand dollars there is people in new york so he's stealing money and what he's doing is as far as what they're telling me these victims the victim is saying that he's sending pictures of fake wires and he's sending pictures of fake checks saying that he's deposited in it but then calling and 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 canceling the check he's doing so much i'm a when when you when everybody sees this right and if they do the research on who he is why didn't the new york times post anything about him why didn't the daily news post anything about him why didn't the new york post the post called my attorney and said what is bishop whitehead's comment i said not guilty oh by the way why aren't you doing a story on that gentleman Mm -hmm. you don't see that in the post 
because they're protecting him. For what reason? I don't know. Well, I only heard about him in this article in particular. Exactly. But, mm-hmm. Okay, so listen, I know we have to um, get this show started. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say I appreciate you for coming through. Now, as far as you and everything that's going on, everything you feel, uh, do you feel confident that you will get these charges dropped and that everything will be fine? You won't have to go back to jail because you are facing uh, charges that have a significant amount of time attached mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Uh, my attorney and my, my, my attorney Don, my attorneys Don Florio and Brian Ponder, they're doing an amazing job. And I believe that we're going to get the victory, you know. And however, what I'm asking is the first black district attorney of the Southern District um, uh, 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 um, to, to reevaluate this, right? Reevaluate, right? Because Re- I'm, I'm African American, I could be your brother. Right. I could be your son. Reevaluate this. Look at how this thing started. Right. Look at how this thing started. And I think everybody should reach out to I think his name is Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. I believe his name is. I saw that. Yeah. Damian Williams. Look, look into this. Just look into this, because if the person is a liar, then the perception is going to be a lie and reality is going to be a lie. I'm asking him to look into this because I am being targeted because the mayor of New York is being targeted and it's the Bishop Whitehead and the mayor of New York City is being um, trying to be uh, trapped and set up by the real con man. And I just want my life back, Angela. Mm-hmm. That's it. I want my life back. Right. You know, and th- that's it. I want my life back. People are running from me because of these charges. I want my life back. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming through. And, and I'm glad that you had the platform yeah. to tell your side. I know people look at you. They're like, why is a bishop wearing all this designer stuff? Why does he have a million dollars worth of jewelry, et cetera, et cetera? But I feel like none of that is significant when it comes to what it is that you're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say this. I know because you have to go. But let me tell you this. I've done so much work in the community mm-hmm. and I'm doing so much work in the community. That's how we met. I do things in the community and all of that's overshadowed and they have turned me from a victim to a villain. And I think that they should change the narrative and understand that I'm a young black man that's striving just like just like anybody else. Thank you. Thank you. Angela Yee, and I'm known for my love for travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. From the amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and gorgeous beaches, USVI has everything you want in a destination and no passport is needed when traveling from the U.S. Visit usvi.com to plan your next trip. I'm headed to Carnival in St. Thomas this May. I can't wait. Hope to see you there. USVI, naturally in a Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.